We're going to be jumping into Acts chapter 1 and 2 tonight, and, um, and hopefully you're encouraged by the, the book of Acts and these first two chapters, and really we're going to be looking at the, the Holy Spirit, and we need to understand the, the, the foundation of why the book of Acts and why the Holy Spirit, what is his purpose, why did he come, and then we're going to watch that Holy Spirit through the book of Acts encourage and empower and do great things. And I believe as the body of, uh, uh, of believers that God wants you to be empowered, to be encouraged, to be ready to go and effectively uh, minister to those around you at such a time as this. So with that, let's pray and uh, let's get into God's word tonight. Father, we thank you. Lord, all those that are surround, uh, with us tonight, Lord, in living rooms and cars and, and uh, just maybe in their bedroom uh, hanging out, Lord, wherever they are, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would fill them, Lord, um, right now with your spirit, that you would um, prepare our hearts to receive your word, Lord. Lord, wherever they're at, would you strengthen them and encourage them in in your word tonight? Lord, your word gives life. We know that. And so, Lord, through the power of your word tonight, would you give us life? Would you fill us up? Lord, some might be down today. Some might be tired. Some might be going through the coronavirus. I don't know. But, Lord, we know that you uh, are enough. And so, Lord, I pray that as we look at this tonight, that you would speak to our hearts in a very powerful way. In Jesus' name, amen. I have come to believe that there's uh, no more exciting of a place in all of life than the delivery room of the hospital when your child is being born. You know what I'm talking about if you're a mother or you're a father, you, if you were there, to, to watch that little one, that little child come from the mother's womb and to come and to take that first breath and to experience life and to see life come into that child is, is one of those most exciting moments in my life, I remember that happening four times as my, my daughters were born into this world and, and just seeing the, the beauty of a new life come, come into being. Such a, 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 an incredible moment in, in history. And, um, well, well, tonight we are going to, uh, we're going to step into the delivery room, so to speak, uh, tonight. Not only are we going to see the birth of the church, but we are going to see the coming of the Holy Spirit as well. One that Jesus spoke about as he was leaving his disciples. He said, there's one coming after me, and he's going to be your helper, and he's going to be, and, and that is the Holy Spirit. So tonight we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, and we're going to talk about its purpose his purpose coming into the world and why that's important for right now for such a time as this, as we, uh, as we study this tonight. Growing up in the Catholic Church, I really didn't understand the Holy Spirit much. They talked about the Holy Spirit just a little bit, but, but it was kind of this uh, strange uh, thing. Uh, I don't know if any of you have been uh, struggled with the, the concept of the Holy Spirit and, and what it is and what, it does, what he does. Um, but I remember at the age of eight in, in the Catholic Church, I was thinking that the Holy Spirit was some kind of force or, or like a uh, ghost, the Holy Ghost. <laughs> and, and, and I really didn't understand it. It was kind of scary actually for me at that, that age. And then, and then I turned uh, 10 years old, and I remember as a family, uh, my family, my mom and dad, they decided to leave the Catholic Church 
And at that point, I was just kind of following along. And, and, uh, and, and they decided to uh, attend, to, to pursue going to another church. And, and so we ended up at a, a charismatic church. And, and the Holy Spirit at, at that point was, was something that I needed to experience. It was a feeling that I needed to encounter. And, and so though I got saved at that church, Praise the Lord. I was 11 years old when I gave my life to the Lord in that, Catholic, in that charismatic church. But the Holy Spirit was also something that I didn't understand because it was, it was, it was this feeling or this experience that I had to experience. And, and, and it was this power thing that, that, that they wanted me to encounter. And it wasn't until I, I was a teenager that I really started to understand the person and the work of the Holy Spirit in my own life. My family had just moved uh, to Albuquerque, New Mexico, where my parents live right now. And, and um, we had moved from Florida, and we were living in Florida, and we moved there, and we started to, to, to attend this new church in, in, uh, in Albuquerque called Calvary Chapel of Albuquerque. And at the time, the, the pastor Skip was, was teaching through the book of Acts. And, and I just remember listening and learning by walking through this book verse by verse with Pastor Skip. I began to understand the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. And as I did, I started to realize that through this study and through, through this study of the book, that the Holy Spirit started to like speak to me. He started to uh, speak to me personally, and he started to say, Sean, are, are you willing to trust me with your life? Are, are you willing to, to do all that I want you to do? Are you willing to surrender and, 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 and do all that, the things that the, the Holy Spirit wanted to do in and through my life? And, and I had to wrestle with that, the Holy Spirit beginning to encounter and speak to my heart. You see, church, we can either walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, which is so important right now, or we can do the Christian life without the Holy Spirit. Now, let me explain that to you because when we become a Christian, the Holy Spirit resides inside us. That's what the Bible tells us, and I'll get into that in a minute. So I'm not talking about the Holy Spirit. You're separated from the Holy Spirit somehow, and in and, and, and God's, you're living this Christian life without the Holy Spirit. But the Bible is very clear and we're going to see tonight that the Holy Spirit wants to do great things, powerful things through us. He uses his creation to accomplish his will. And so you can either walk in the Spirit day by day or you can be oblivious to what the Spirit is doing and do the Christian life without him. For such a time as this, it's really important to have the Holy Spirit leading and guiding us as we go to the store. You see a lot of weird things right now, strange things as we go to the store in the, in the, in the grocery stores, the, the walls uh, uh, where, where normally food is is empty. People are scrambling to grab the last, you know, bag of flour while, you know, someone else is wanting the same bag of flour. And so we have to be walking in the Spirit right now because God, there are, there are people that are wanting, to, wanting answers to their questions. There are, there are opportunities all around us for the Spirit of God to lead us and guide us uh, through the power of the Spirit to, to accomplish great things for his name. So with that, are you guys ready to get into this? So let's get into verse 1 of chapter 1. So if you have your Bibles, open up your Bibles to Acts chapter 1. 
And look on with me in verse 1 and 2. The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus begun both to do and teach until the day in which he had taken up, he was taken up, after he through the Holy Spirit had given command, commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. Now, let me give you a little bit of background on the author of the book of Acts. The author of the book uh, of Acts is Luke. He probably uh, resided in Antioch. He probably was from Antioch. He was a physician uh, by profession and excelled in his style of Greek uh, composition. Luke traveled with Paul on his second missionary journey and was involved in his missionary efforts. So he was, he was really a, a guy that was, was committed to what Paul was doing. Also, the book of Acts was written around 62 AD and gives us a combination of some church history as well as some theology uh, throughout this book. Acts is actually the second volume of Luke's writings. His first volume was the Gospel of Luke. And that's what he's referring to in these first two verses when he he says in his former accounts. So let's read on in verse 3. To whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during the 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, he, which he said, you have heard from me. Jesus presented himself to the disciples, right? Over a 40-day period of time. And during those appearances, Jesus asked them to remain in Jerusalem and wait. Now, how many of you like waiting? (laughs) There's a lot of waiting going on right now, right? Somehow, we all have to sit around in our homes and wait this out. Maybe this is what it felt like as the disciples gathered after Jesus' ascension and he said, I want you to wait in Jerusalem. They didn't know how long they were going to wait. They were wondering, Jesus, what do you mean? What's to come? What's coming? And and how, how, how long will it be? And sometimes in our waiting, we can get impatient. The question is, is are we waiting well? You know what I mean? Are are we seeking the Lord? Are we asking the Lord, what is it that you have for me right now? What is it that you're wanting to prepare me for? Use your time well. The Bible says be ready in season and out of season. I would call this out of season. (laughs) Are you waiting well? And... If you're waiting well, are we letting God speak to us during this time of slowing down? Are we allowing him time to speak? Are we digging into God's word? Are we taking time out to to spend time with him? It's good to have a Sabbath, isn't it? I would encourage you to take this time and use it well. Well, these guys were waiting. Why were they waiting? They They were waiting... Uh, to, to see they were waiting on the Holy Spirit to come. It was a preparation time for the disciples as they were becoming willing, ready vessels for the Spirit of God to enter them and, and they were waiting and praying. Did you know the Holy Spirit's coming was a fulfillment uh, of many prophetic um, uh, promises in the Old Testament? as well as the promises that Jesus made, particularly in John chapter 13 through 16, where he unfolds the work of the Spirit. If you would, keep your uh, finger in Acts chapter 1 and turn with me to John chapter 13, uh, John chapter 14. 
John chapter 14 and in verse 16, we see a few of these promises that Jesus gave us while he was with his disciples. And it says, and I will pray the Father in verse 16, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. So the Spirit will remain with you as long as you are a believer. The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. So the Holy Spirit was with them, but Jesus said soon the Spirit will be in you. Now jump down to verse 26 of John chapter 14, and it says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So another promise that he gives us is the Holy Spirit teaches us all things and brings to mind the word of God. And that's really important at at a time like this. When you're out and you're in the grocery store, you need the word of God to be right on your mind. You want the truth of God, the wisdom of God to be right there. And so, Holy Spirit, give us wisdom and fill us with your spirit so that, you're, so that we may be your witness to the world. That we may encounter and love and love people and allow, the, allow us to be the hands and feet of Jesus. The Holy Spirit's coming was necessary for knowledge and understanding of God's word. Every believer needs to understand the word of God, amen? But apart from the Spirit's work, it's impossible. Spiritual truth can only be understood by spiritual revelation. That only comes through the Spirit of God. That kind of revelation comes from the Holy Spirit. Now, flip back in your Bibles to Acts chapter, Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, verse 5. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. When a person opens their heart to Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes in that person and resides and lives in them. The Bible tells us that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Then there's the baptism of the Holy Spirit, where the Holy Spirit comes upon a person once the Holy Spirit resides inside that person. Now think of baptism for a second. You've seen baptism. Maybe you've been at church and you've seen that baptism happen. You were baptized yourself, and a person is completely then immersed in water, right? And then that person comes up and out of the water and they're dripping all over with water. In fact, one of my great moments when I baptize someone, I get to hug them right afterwards and, and guess what? I get wet. I, I'm, I'm, I'm soaking wet, but I don't care because it's such a great moment. And, and that, that picture is the same thing that we should see as we we look at the baptism of the Holy Spirit after a person is baptized in the Holy Spirit that person is filled with the Spirit they're immersed in the Spirit they're dripping so to speak in the Spirit of God and and as they encounter people they, they, they encounter the Holy Spirit that's awesome, that's powerful I hope and pray as we as a, as a body, now that we're not in this building, now that we're outside this building, that we are able to minister the Holy Spirit to others. That we're filled with the Spirit in such a way that the power of God is using your life to impact those around you. 
Now the problem is that, is that we're leaky vessels, right? We're broken vessels. We're sinful vessels. And, and though we may be filled with the Spirit today, we are going to need to be filled again tomorrow. Amen? We see this in the book of Acts over and over again. The same group of believers that experienced the filling of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 1 also were filled again and again throughout the book, which tells me that even if the Holy Spirit is, is with me and in me, I need the filling of the Holy Spirit daily to empower me to be his witness. I'm going to see that in these next verses. Look at verse 6. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times of the seasons which the Father has put in his, his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. His disciples ask, will you restore the kingdom at this time, Lord? Like he, 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 they're going, Jesus, now you're going to restore the kingdom. This is the moment you're going to restore the kingdom. He goes, he goes guys, don't worry about that. Don't worry about, that's, that's, God, that's the Father's business. What we need to be doing is we need to be looking for the Holy Spirit. We need to be doing what he says, but you shall receive power. He says, don't, don't be looking for me setting up the kingdom, but you need to be looking to receive the power that's going to come. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea and all of Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus' response was, it's not for you to know. But there's one thing I do want you to know, and that is the Holy Spirit's coming, and it's important for the Christian life. The steam of a locomotive train doesn't exist to blow the horn on a train, does it? Its purpose is to power the engine, to move the engine and to move the train. So too, the empowering of the Spirit is given to, given for people to, is given to people to be empowered to be His witnesses. It's not given for us to feel good and to have these emotional highs during worship and have these goosebump, goosebump feelings that oftentimes can come. Now, those are great things, but that's not the purpose of the Holy Spirit. It's not to come into the, to the church building and to feel good and say, God, thank you for allowing your presence to touch me. The Holy Spirit has come to empower us so that we can go out into the world and that we can impact our neighborhoods and our neighbors and the people around us and the world. It's to be his witness to the world. You see, God is a missionary God. His plan has always been to see every tribe, nation, people uh, reached with the gospel. Now, Jesus didn't say that you're going to go witnessing. That's not what it says. He says, you will be my witness, witnesses to the world. That means the way we live our character, the things that we say, the way that we act, the way that we live our life as we go into the store, as we encounter people during this time, people want to see Jesus and need to see Jesus. The power is so that we may be his witnesses, not only here, but to the remotest parts of the world. The work that God is calling us Christians to do demands divine power. We need his power, guys. Church, we need his power. And tonight I hope that you, get, you receive his power uh, through, the, through his Holy Spirit. 
Look at verse 9. Now, when they had spoken these things, while they, were, while, they were, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. So Jesus gives them these words. Then he's taken up, and he's taken up into heaven. Now let's jump from there to the beginning of, of uh, Acts chapter 2. Go over to Acts chapter 2. God begins to build his church in Acts chapter 2 by using ordinary, spirit-filled men and women just like you and I. This gets me excited because this is where the church gets, gets moving. We get to see the Spirit of God use ordinary people like us to accomplish great things. Look at verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. After Jesus' resurrection and before his ascension into heaven, he gave some specific instructions, didn't he? He gave instructions to his disciples we see one of those in, in Luke chapter 24, verse 49. Luke records the words of Jesus when he says, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endowed with power from on high. Now that's pretty, that's pretty good news. Wait until you receive this power. Again, Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem and to all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Well, this is what we see taking place right here in, in Acts chapter 2. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is beginning to happen in the lives of those that are, that are gathered in the upper room. Obviously, they were in a place close to the temple in, in Jerusalem, a place that they called the upper room. Also, it was the day of Pentecost. This day was also called the Feast of Harvest. <laughs> the Feast of Harvest, which is fitting for what happens on this day. A great harvest later in this chapter will take place. 3,000 people are added to the church and they give their lives to Christ and they're filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, this takes place about 50 days after the Feast of First Fruits, the same time of, uh, as the Passover would happen when, when Jesus was crucified on the cross. Now, another thing to, to understand is, is that Jerusalem was filled with people from all over the known world at this time. Why would there be people in Jerusalem? Because they're required as Jewish men to, to make pilgrimage back to Jerusalem three times a year, if, if they're able, during th these three feasts. And one of the feasts was the Feast of Harvest being one of those feasts that they would come back to. And they're all gathered in this, in Jerusalem, people all over the place for the feast of harvest. And then they hear a mighty rushing wind. Can you imagine what that might have been like? What that might have sounded like? Now think about if you were, you're in your homes now and, and you're, you're, wherever you are, you begin to hear this mighty rushing wind and maybe the, the, the building begins to shake or, or your house begins to rattle or your windows or the trees start to move and, and, and there's this wild rushing wind. Now, if that happened right now, you would probably get up out of your chair and you would probably go out to the window to see what's going on. If you heard some sort of wind outside, that's probably what you would do. 
So this sound comes from heaven, and then this sound comes all the way through and moves into the place where they're at. And so I would imagine that others heard this sound, not just the ones that were in the room, the upper room. And so this sound definitely got the city's attention, so to speak. Then there appeared to them divided tongues, verse 3. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. Now, this is obviously supernatural. Supernatural. But I ask the question, why wind and why fire? My friend Matthew Ellison uh, was here not too long ago on a Wednesday night, and he, he, he brought to light some things. And I want to I wanna, um, reiterate this because I think it's really important. Growing up, when I read this section of Scripture, I just kind of thought, uh, it's kind of strange. You know, this wind and then these, these tongues of fire above their head, and we're like, I don't know what's going on. And you just kind of read it and read it through quickly and then kind of move on because you just didn't understand it. At least I didn't when I was young and and I was still seeking the Lord and wanted to understand it. Just didn't understand it. But But something I want you to see and something that has been brought to my attention is in the Old Testament, God's presence was represented by a pillar of fire, and a cloud by day. The tabernacle, okay, the tabernacle, God's dwelling place, where God's presence was, where God is, his presence was, was covered by a pillar pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day. These two things were representative of God's presence. Church, this moment, this supernatural moment is God showing us that his presence now resides in you and in me. The birth of the Holy Spirit coming into the world here in Acts chapter 2 where these tongues of fire are now above individual believers in the upper room is a moment of God saying, I am in you. And I have come and I am fill- I've filled you with the Holy Spirit. Such a great picture and understanding as you understand. When, when, the, when I first got that, I was like, oh, that is so cool. God's presence is here. It's in me. Jesus gave us that ability to have his Holy Spirit inside us. Verse 4, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. As these flames were flame, flame-like tongues rested upon each person there in the, the upper room, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them words and sounds to speak. Now that's cool. Through the power of the Holy Spirit and through the filling of the Spirit, God gives these, these believers right there the ability to speak languages that they don't know. Now that's, that's really cool. But why? Well, we're going to find out next. Look at verse 5. And they were dwelling, and there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. Why were these men there? Because, obviously, they were there because of the, the feast of harvest. Isn't this like God? That he would not just, it's not just some random thing that God does. He just picks a day and just does it. No, he picked the day when the, when the, whole, the whole, uh, whole of Jerusalem would be filled with people from all over the world. Look at the last part of verse 5. It says, from every nation under heaven. They were all there.
God had a strategy in mind as he did this. It wasn't some random act of strange things that happens in the book of Acts. No, it's God's plan. God had a plan. Let's look at that plan unfold here. Verse six, and when that sound occurred, and when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Now that's cool. First, what's the sound that they heard? Well, I believe it's the, the rushing wind, the mighty rushing wind. It brought all the people uh, of Jerusalem close to the upper room. If you heard a mighty rushing wind and it was happening in that area, you would probably come too. And it gathered every, all the people, all kinds of people from all over, the na- all over the world to Jerusalem to that upper room at that moment. And then that is when God used these languages that were being spoken to bring forth the truth of his name to these Jews gathered in Jerusalem. Isn't that a beautiful picture? Now do you see God's plan in all of this? What does Acts 1.8 say? And you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jesus, God himself, is bringing about that very truth right here in this moment in Scripture. God is spreading the gospel instantaneously through the power of his Holy Spirit. These men will then return to their homes in their countries and share the greatness of God and the truth of Christ's resurrection, the things that they've heard in their own languages. A miracle. Now, that's pretty cool. (laughs) If that's not cool, I don't know what is. God is truly a missionary God, sending out his name and his his fame and and his gospel all through the world through this moment in the book of Acts. His heart is to see all mankind around the throne room of God. God is always, he's always has set the stage for world evangelism. They haven't even left the upper room yet and God is moving and he's, he's, a, he's allowing world evangelism to happen right here. That's cool. Then the church is born. And as we, uh, we're not gonna read the rest of this book, but we're, we're as, as you will find out if you read it on your own, Peter stands up and 3,000 people get saved in that crowd. And the, the church is birthed. The early church is birthed because of that moment. Church, we need to be ready and open for the moving of the Holy Spirit right now. For such a time as this moment with this pandemic going on, we need to be ready. We need to be open and being, uh, allowing the Holy Spirit to use us to encounter his pe- to, to encounter the lost. We need to be listening to what God wants us to do right now. And allowing his Holy Spirit to give us direction. As he says, stop. Maybe go over here and talk to this person. Hey, on your way home, do this. People are listening right now. People are wanting to talk right now. That wasn't the case two weeks ago. So be ready. Verse 7, Then they were all amazed and and marveled, saying to, to one another, Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear them each in our own language in which we were born? Parthians and Medes, Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, 
Judea, Cappadocia, um, Pontus, Asia, uh, Phygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, in the part in parts of Libya, adjoining Cyrene's visitors of Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and uh, and Arabs, we hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God, a miracle. It says that they were amazed and they were marveled and they marveled. It doesn't say they were afraid. And I want you to hear this. The Holy Spirit doesn't bring fear and doesn't cause fear. Also, I want to point out where these, all these men were from. Four of the country, the first four countries that are listed there, uh, are modern-day Iran and Iraq. The next three would cover modern-day Turkey. The next, we see Asia, and then we have uh, North Africa and Egypt, then uh, Italy, Greece, the Grecian Islands, Saudi Arabia. I think God had a plan for massive uh, world evangelism starting in Jerusalem on this day. Isn't that cool? You see, Acts chapter 2 is God using a miraculous sign to arrest the attention of non-believers so that they may hear the good news and be saved. And that's his heart today. That's God's heart today. He wants to use miraculous signs. He wants to use the power of his Holy Spirit to arrest non-believers so that they may hear the good news, how? Through you and I, so that they will be saved. Look at verse 12. So they all, mar- so they all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? Others mocked, saying, they're full of new wine. You know what? In this life, we're going to have a lot of mockers. We're going to have those that, that are, that are going to mock you, for being fanatical, for being Jesus freaks, for, for living out your faith. Don't let them stop you from doing that. You know, we, have, we, can, we can get fanatical about a lot of things, can't we? We can get fanatical about sports teams. Not right now, though. There's nothing happening on TV. There's no sports going on at all. Uh, just reruns. We will paint our faces for, for crazy things but to be the fan of God. People call us crazy, call us fanatical. These bystanders here in Acts chapter 2 mistake the joy of the Lord in these people for having too much wine. They're missing out on the truth. The others simply were amazed at what God was doing and what, God was, what they were hearing, what they were seeing, and, and it was, and, and it caused them to ask, what, what does this mean? What, what's going on? In my life, when God moves miraculously, when God moves miraculously in your life, don't doubt it, trust it, believe in it. And, and ask God, God, what do you want me to learn? What do, you, what do you want me to do because of it? The rest of this chapter, we see the Apostle Peter stand up and give a very deep and complete gospel presentation. All because he's filled and empowered by the Holy Spirit. And look at the results of what happens If you would, go jump down to verse 37 of chapter 2. It says, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. Peter's gospel presentation as he spoke the word of God, as he preached the word of God, they were cut to the heart. And when he, and it says, they were cut to the heart and and said to Peter, 
the rest in the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? The Holy Spirit knows how to work in the hearts and lives of the lost in this world. We just need to follow what the Holy Spirit wants to do. When the Holy Spirit convicts hearts, when he pierces hearts, we won't have to ask them. They will ask us, what do I need to do to be saved? Because that's the power of God. Let's look at these last few verses and then we'll end for tonight. Verse 39, verse 38. Then Peter said to them, repent and let each one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sin and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promise is for you and your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And, and with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this uh, perverse generation. Then those who gladly received the word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. I love these verses. Why? Because you see the power of God. Because it's... It's, it's what it's all about. It's what the Christian life is all about. Peter stands up and he says, repent. And if you're listening out there and, and you don't know Jesus or you've walked away from Jesus, I want you to hear that. Repent and turn from your sin tonight. Jesus loves you. He wants, he wants you to walk with him. He wants relationship with you. But it comes only through repentance of your sin. Repentance means to, you're walking one direction and now you turn and you walk the other direction. You turn from your sin and you turn to God. Peter says, repent from your sin and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And tonight, I want you to hear that. Believer, be filled with the Spirit tonight. As I pray, as, we, as the band comes out and, and we start to end tonight, I want to encourage you right now to be filled with the Spirit, to walk in the Spirit, to be led by the Spirit right now because he's got power he wants to give you. He has power that he wants to, to, to give you, to be his witness. You see, the purpose of us Christians is for us to, to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, to be, his, the, be image bearers of Christ. So be good image bearers. And as we continue through the book of Acts in the weeks ahead, I encourage you, it begins right here with the power of the Spirit. So tonight, as I pray, I'm going to pray for two things. One is for you to be filled with the Spirit, that God would empower you, that God would equip you to be, to be listening and to be aware, acutely aware of what, God, what the Spirit wants to do right now. And secondly, for those that need repentance. Some of you, because of this isolation and this, you know, this quarantine, you're falling into sin. You've been stepping into sin as you've been hanging out by yourself. You've been looking at things you shouldn't look at. You've been doing things you shouldn't do. And I want you to understand that God is calling you to repentance tonight. He's saying, come walk with me. Don't do the opposite of what I've asked you to do. 
walk with me. So for you, it's time for you to come back to the Lord, to turn from that, and to turn to the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this message, Lord. I thank you for your word that gives us life. Lord, may we be your church right now, gathered in living rooms all across the world, all across our city. Lord, would you fill us with your spirit? Would you empower us, Lord, with your Holy Spirit? Would you baptize us tonight with your Holy Spirit? And would you equip us to be your witnesses? Would you do the work that we cannot do? Lord, we are not able to do that work. We are only able to do what your Spirit allows us to do. And so, Lord, fill us with your Spirit. Use us as tools in your hand to accomplish great things for your namesake in the weeks ahead. Lord, may we see the people in front of us. May we see the people all around us, Lord, as we, as we accomplish your will. Lord, help us to uh, walk in the Spirit and be attuned, in tune with this, what the Spirit is wanting to do. Lord, baptize us afresh in your Spirit tonight. Equip us, Lord, to be your witnesses so that your world may know the goodness of your grace and your mercy. And Lord, for those that don't know you right now that are listening, Lord, those that have walked away from you and are listening, those that have stepped into sin because of this quarantine, I pray in the name of Jesus that they would repent right where they're at, Lord, through the power of your spirit, would you convict their hearts, Lord, and bring them to repentance. And Lord, as they repent from their sin and they turn away from it, Lord, may they embrace your grace, embrace your goodness and your love, and may they walk in relationship with you tonight. And Lord, I pray this in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Amen.